Radio Geeks. Two old farts, a microphone, and the internet. What could go wrong? Hey, welcome from over the pond there, wherever you are in London <laughs> County, Brian. Hey, Jason. Uh, I'm going to apologize in advance to everyone for the sound quality, but uh, when one of us is very, very far away and overseas and relying on hotel Wi-Fi, there's not much we can do. So, oh it's good. Uh, I'm very happily over here in the UK. I've been here since, uh, I've been here, what, five days now already? Uh, got about four more to go, uh, five more to go and then before I head home. So, having a good time. Picked up a bit Drinking of cold. Lots. <laughs> Drinking lots of uh, awesome beer. Fantastic beer. Uh, love the pub stuff. And, yeah, that's been a lot of fun. Uh, working out of the hotel room, doing my mobile office thing. And, uh, yeah, just getting out and about. And that's probably how I got sick. I think I've been around more people just, you know, riding the tube and stuff like that than, than I've been around in a long time. So I thought the whole point of going there was to have face-to-face meetings with some of your clients instead of working from the hotel well i mean i'm doing that well there's i only have one client here so and I, oh. I, i've met with them already and then uh, later on tonight i'm going to have dinner with them again so okay cool yeah. mostly it's just me fucking around and being in london instead of back <laughs> in venice so speaking of how the, you left the day of the shooting you had to deal with like that crap that was going on at the airport. Yeah, I did. Um, you were actually the first person that alighted me to the fact that that was even going on because I was running around doing my last minute packing thing, and and you sent me a text saying uh, you're not leaving. And I was like, what? And I went and looked online and uh, found out that there was been a shooting at LAX. Uh, our flight was a bit later on in the day, so it was still touch or go. We weren't sure if we we're going to make it. Um, our airline kept didn't update their website at all and basically just said flights on time so we're like fuck what do we do i guess we just go to the airport and see um and we had our cab booked and he took us and he's like you know the closest i can get you is the in and out burger and you're gonna have to walk in from there um so we got over to the in and out and uh basically it was like a refugee camp over there there was a, probably a good two to three hundred people just sitting around at the in and out because they had basically shut down the terminals which you didn't really hear in the news, and LAX's website was down, and nobody was really kind of providing any information. So by the time we got over there, it was, we couldn't even get into the terminals. I mean, we were still... You have to be there two, two and a half hours early for international flights, so we were there well before our flight was supposed to be, but the terminals were shut down. You could not walk into LAX. Everybody was just kind of standing around. And uh, we just kind of hung out there for a while, and eventually we were like, well, we're supposed to be checking into our flight right now. Uh, the flight for you know, New Zealand Airlines says our flight's still on time. I guess we should start walking. And we basically walked into LAX from, uh, from In-N-Out Burger. And by the time we got over to the front, it was still not open. There was another good 600 to 700 people standing around with their luggage there, just at the entrance to LAX. Um, and then they finally gave the all clear and, uh, we got super lucky because we were like the first people up there. So straight through security. Um, I heard it became a massive nightmare later on when other people started to come on over. Um, and our flight was only delayed by about two hours and out we were. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. We're kind of lucky, but it was a, definitely a bizarre experience. Um, a lot of guns, a lot of cops, a lot of, yeah. uh, yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, I had a friend who was going to New York who was in the terminal, and uh, he was going to do uh, a live video production for one of the clients right. I work with. And uh, as the shooting started, he and his uh, his uh, work buddy basically dropped their laptops and ran. <laughs> and uh, they couldn't get the laptops back, 
uh, even after everything was cleared up because they were basically uh, collected as evidence. Right. So, yeah, all that stuff is probably just still going to sit around for a long time. It was yeah. Kinda, so, it was crazy how many people were actually at LAX that day. Like, you never think about it, but it is such a hub, and particularly, like, with the people that we know. Um, I had two friends that had just landed, and, and you know, they were updating their Facebook or with, with you know, we're stuck on the plane. Uh, the, all the Mythbusters guys were there. And yeah, that was it, crazy. Like, yeah, it was just like, wow, there's just so many people. It was pretty insane. <laughs> Well, it is LAX. You know? Yeah, that's true. So you, you do expect a few celebrities to be walking through every now and again. Yeah. It, otherwise, TMZ, what would they do? Exactly. <laughs> so, well, come back soon or stay as long as you want. I don't care. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> well, if I stay longer, I'll have to get a microphone shipped over and some sort of setup. But, uh, no, I'm, I'll be heading back at the end of the week. So, you, you, I mean, all these people you know are musicians. Couldn't you just bum one? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think about that. I probably could have gone over to a studio or two and done it from there, but you know, I don't want to impose. Oh, that's right. You're in you're in Britain. Everybody must be polite. That's right. Everybody, and they are, for God's sake. It is a, a much more refined culture over here. I have missed it. Um, so I want to do a little follow up on a couple things from last week. Uh, we were talking about Terry Pratchett, and yes. this this week there's a really cool interview that came out. In Boing Boing with uh, Terry Pratchett, done by Corey Doctorow. Mm-hmm. Uh, put a link in the show notes for that, but definitely check it out if you're into Pratchett. I thought it was pretty neat. Yeah, I, I scanned over it really quick. I, I can't wait to finish the read, but um, you know, I, I just I love this guy, so it's it's great to hear anything that he has to say. And I did get uh, he's going to continue or at least do try to do one more Discworld book out of that, which I'm very excited about. Yeah, very excited. So, um, yeah. And some follow-up on WordPress. They finally released the WordPress 3.8 feature set, which I, <laughs> most people won't really care that much about. But uh, there's some neat stuff in there. And they're finally rolling in my favorite uh, admin theme that's been kind of like an add-on for a while. I think it's called yeah. M6. That's getting, yeah. that's getting baked in, which will make it so much nicer to deal with clients with because it's a much cleaner interface. Right, right. Yeah, I saw a lot of that, so that's all very exciting as well. Any Is there a any kind of date for this coming? There's never any date. I mean, yeah, they try and do it. They try and do it every couple of months, <laughs> but it always yeah. changes a bit. I think. I think this one they'll probably try and. You know what? <laughs> I, I couldn't even speculate. They, right. uh, they they seem to float a bit. Um, and I do want to. I, I talked a couple times about some of the some of my jobs that I was doing before, and one of them got a. Uh, an FWA award, Site of the Day award, so I was very excited. <laughs> the funny part Congratulations. is, we got a Site of the FWA award after we'd already taken it down off of the. Cause it's a <laughs> Facebook app, and we took it off the client site, but we just had left it up, and nobody thought to go turn the servers off. <laughs> and uh, it's uh, called the uh, Kia Forte Tech Athlete Games, and it's uh, it was a series of five games that uh, we did with a company down in New Zealand called Resin. And you use different controls for each game. Like you'll use the microphone for one where you're like yelling into the phone because it's uh, like that one's a ski based game. Then you have a kayak game that you pair your cell phone with that would have like this Node.js back uh, end going on. And you use your, your cell phone to paddle. Uh, a couple of you use your mouse, your keyboard. It's, it's kind of like track and field, but with like all these different uh, inputs. Right. So, well, congratulations, man. That's a, you know, side of the day. Awesome. I'll take it. 
Yeah, I was playing with uh, I was playing the game a little bit earlier. It was kind of fun. I was enjoying myself. I was doing the skiing one. Although it doesn't like I don't have a mouse. I was just like banging on my stupid little trackpad. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll have to try that again when I get back home. Uh, if it's if it's still there, we might have taken it down. But uh, if it's still, there. I think I think we're gonna leave it up for a couple more weeks, just because now that we have have a little recognition for it, it's fun. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So uh, after the LAX experience, I mean, I've kind of just been bumming around London for the past few days, and uh, you know trying to have a little bit of fun in between work stuff but uh, i did notice like there's some significant differences uh over here just just as traveling and work and stuff like that it is almost well first off if you are traveling to the uk or anywhere in europe really on your american wireless plan my god they screw you it's all it's beyond ridiculous what they what they do and what they want to charge you for data for data plans it's it's sad it's pathetic you're almost better off just like coming over here and buying a pay-as-you-go phone except that you have to deal with giving new numbers to everyone and all that sort of stuff um i still don't just there's there's absolutely no reason it's just rape and pillage basically i have heard that t-mobile is really good for doing international travel I've heard that as well, but I'm you know I'm a Verizon guy, and I've loved Verizon for years. But uh, it's it's time for them to upgrade their their international wireless coverage. It's really bad, and w- there's wireless throughout all of London. I mean, but good luck finding anything for free. There are absolutely zero free wireless anywhere you go. I've heard, except for McDonald's. Apparently, McDonald's. I, I talked to some friends that that live over here, and they say that they always pop into a Mickey D's in a pinch if they need to get some free wireless going. Um, but like, you would think, like all across, you know, the the U.S. or whatever, you you go to a restaurant, you go to a bar, uh, they've got wireless. Maybe they have it password protected, but of course they're going to give it to you. But that's because we have free bandwidth still in the U.S. Uh, they don't have it over here in the U.K. It's pay as you go. Uh, you know, you have your caps just like in Canada and what we're eventually going to get in the U.S. So that whole like free wireless thing that we have at, at like, you know, Starbucks or locations or wherever in the U.S., that is going away because, you know, these these bars can't afford it. Like a pub can't afford to give you all their clients free wireless if they have to pay for it. So, OK, that's an interesting. We'll, we'll talk about that a little more in the news. Um yeah, and I, I thought in Europe. I mean, UK and Europe are almost like two different things. Um, but I, I, I know you're in Europe. Bandwidth is generally much better and much cheaper than it is yeah. over here. Is that? I mean, is it not the case in in London? Is I mean, is the bandwidth crap there too? I mean, are they paying? No, they have it, like crappy connections. It's it's pretty good if you pay for it. Like, uh, you know, if if you're on if you're on a wireless plan here, that's fine. Um, and it's great and apparently works pretty well everywhere for the most part, but it's not cheap. They're paying a lot for it. Um, they finally are starting to roll out uh, wireless in, on the tube stations and, and underground, um, which apparently... I, I, see, I'm not entirely sure. I have to talk to a couple people a little bit more about this. I can't figure out if that's part of your wireless thing or not, because it seems to be sponsored only by Virgin, so if you're on a Virgin phone, is that part of it? If you're not, like if you're on an O2 phone, do you get to access wireless underground or not? It's all a bit unclear, but you can definitely sign up for it, but it's just crazy expensive. Like, I could have bought, like, a 20-pound for one week, uh, or, like, a couple days or something like that, or, or a set amount of bandwidth, and been able to get online while I was riding around on the tube, but I was like, I can just wait. Yeah, how about you just... 
fucking vacation, dude. You know? Yeah. So I'm actually trying to have a bit of a vacation and just not be able to get emails every two seconds or text. So um, it's just, it's not as pervasive and all encompassing as it is in the U.S. So that's fine. Yeah. It's, it's, a, and, it's a holiday uh, resort. Resort. Yeah. And, and one other big thing that I noticed is there's not a lot of texting and walking here, which makes a lot of sense because the traffic is insane. And so is the foot traffic. Like, you'd be banging into people left and right. So that, again, is a bit more, like, civilized. Uh, people aren't just, like, buried on their phones when they're walking around. That's nice. Uh, which is which is a good thing, yeah. Yeah, people are kind of, like, looking around and, and hanging out and talking and chatting. So not everybody just has walking around with their phone in their face and bumping into you left, right, and center. Well, then yeah. I think it, uh, it, there's probably a culling of the herd that happens over there because if you're a foreigner if you're yeah. talking and you're texting, you're dead. You, you will... Yeah, if you're if you're walking around talking and texting, you are going to get hit by a bus. Yeah, I mean it's story. it's hard enough to not get hit by a bus as I've as I've told you before <laughs> uh, without yeah. without a cell phone. I mean, having a cell phone and texting, you are just you're you're smear on the pavement at that point. <laughs> yeah. So, it, for the most part, it's been pretty great here. The converter thing is pretty easy. Everybody, you know, you just have one or two converters. Even my hotel had two just sitting in here for power, so that was fantastic. Um, you know, the wireless thing's a bit of a bitch, but you figure it out and you sort it out. Um, banks and credit cards are starting to drive me absolutely insane. When did we have to start to inform our banks and our credit cards when we're traveling? Uh, when did they become our Ten parents? years ago? <laughs> <coughs> I'm still not used to this. This still pisses me off. And I actually, like, I never got a notification. I went to the ATM and I pulled out, you know, like 100 pounds or whatever for walk-around money uh, when I first got here. And it, it worked fine. And then two days later, I was like, well, that's all gone. Thanks a lot, beer. Uh, I need some more cash. So I went back to an ATM. Denied. Denied, denied, denied. Tried it like five times. And at that point in time, like, I, I really needed 20 bucks, like, pretty much immediately. I, I was about to hop on a train, and I called, I had to actually call my, I had to call Wells Fargo and go, what the fuck? Why can't I not take out any money? And they're like, well, this is a security precaution. I was like, well, it worked when I first landed. I've already taken out money. You haven't sent me an email. You haven't texted me. I logged into wellsfargo.com and checked all my accounts last night. There was not a message telling me that my account had been shut down what the hell and then they went through the whole rigmarole where i had to give them like 15 to 20 different pieces of identifiable you know when was it, what was the last amount that you actually removed from anything i was like well it was in pounds so i couldn't tell you the exact amount well we need it within five dollars to be able to accept <laughs> i mean it just started to get insane i was like you hold my money you make money off my money you don't have interest rates anymore it's not like we make any money from giving you our money Give me my fucking money. Yeah. It was just really frustrating. <laughs> He's like, I, I can't get within $5, but I can get within one decimal point of fuck you. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it got to the point where I was like, you know what? As soon as I come home, I'm going to switch banks to hell with you guys. You're not letting me get my money. I'm in London. It's obvious I'm in London. I've given you everything. You have my social security number, which I just put out on the phone. Thanks, NSA. I hope you guys enjoy that. It's oh, I was getting so angry. Anyways, whatever. I, I'm sick of the banks and the credit cards, and it's absolutely ridiculous these security precautions that they do. Yeah, I get it. You don't want your card stolen. Blah blah. blah. Well, you're dealing with a bank, so that's like you know direct access to money. That's not that's not a credit card. That's a debit. Well, the credit debit cards card. are even worse. See, I didn't have any problem. And, uh, 
when I went to Asia, like I did the call beforehand because it's, I mean, it's just right. generally a good idea. Domestic travel, they know they trace your, your gas from point to point. Um, right. So I'm never worried about that. But going international, yeah, I called, I called my credit card companies in my bank just to, just to say, hey, I'm going. Here's my thing. Even if you didn't notice that I put my flights on your credit card so you should already know where I'm going. But just in case, because you can be a set of morons with all this, you know, because it comes down to, I think, once they started to uh, take 100 percent liability on fraud protection and they take a bath on all that, then they're, you know, then it's their prerogative to just be a little bit tighter about uh, the restrictions. So, you know, it happens. It happens. I'm making it as a note from now on in future travel that I will definitely call and say, hey, I'm going. So please don't shut down my account. Yeah. I mean, it it really is a good idea. So sorry. Sorry you ran into it. But, you know, Wells Fargo sucks anyway. So dump them. (laughs) Well, so does Bank of America. I mean, I left Bank of America to go to Wells Fargo and they've been marginally better, but they all suck. Yeah. I, I, I don't even I don't have any major like, you know, these McDonald's of banks anymore. I do have. I've got like a kind of more of a business type of bank that I use, and for pocket money, I use uh, Simple. I got a I have an account at Simple credit account, right. so I, I stay away from those. I've I've gotten screwed by Chase, which uh, bought my favorite bank in the world, which was Washington Mutual back in the day. I'm sure this is fat. I'm wow. sure this is fascinating stuff. This is what people are, you know, <laughs> chomping at the bit for. So <laughs> it's just all right. So on a more interesting point, once I got my cash. I, I went straight to a pub called The World's End. I saw your your photo of this. this I, I was pretty <laughs> impressed. Now, was it? Did yeah, they do I, the? I, in, is it kind of like a theme park bar where they did the bar like the movie, or was it just? The, uh, no, not at all. The inside is just your standard London pub. But I was very happy about it. Um, as I'm, I'm, I'm trying to find the Winchester. I actually drove past a place called the Winchester the other night, and I was I wanted to stop very badly, but I was late. So uh, I did find a Winchester as well. But drinking at the World's End was pretty awesome. Uh, but it does bring up a good point. They made a number of jokes in in that movie about how London or English pubs have kind of become very corporate, and uh, they don't, you know, they're not individually owned anymore. They're corporations that own massive amounts of pubs. About so that has actually definitely happened. Um, you know, my first time in London was probably twenty years ago, and one of the greatest joys was just walking down the street and you know going into every single pub and it being completely different and having its own character. Uh, so many of the pubs throughout London now are exactly the same, run by the same company. Menu is exactly the same. The beers on tap is exactly the same. It's a bit sad. Uh, Apple, um, there's, Apple there's still, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's still quite a few of independents. Uh, there's a lot more of a bar scene now than a pub scene. Uh, you know, your wine bars and all that kind of fancy pants stuff. Uh, but, you know, when you come to London, you want to do the pubs. and There's still quite a few independents around, but uh, overall, it's all very kind of homo generic now and uh it's a bit sad oh well there you go okay that's london for uh, still having a good time. yeah knock yourself out but you're going to paris which i think is even just sillier but <laughs> go enjoy your vacation man we'll talk when you get back but let's get on to some tech let's, okay. let's bring the nerd to the geek. all right let's nerd it up in the news so it is thursday the 7th uh I'm, I'm quite a few hours ahead of you, but uh, right about now, or maybe just maybe about an hour ago, uh, Twitter just went public. Apparently, we, um, you know, at the that's my my earlier like London time morning when I when I looked into this, um, it was a fourteen point two billion dollar evaluation. 
when I was about to head over to, uh, well, when I was sitting at the pub having a beer right before coming back over here to record this, uh, it had just been revised to uh, $26 a share, an evaluation of $18 billion. As I searched uh, just a couple seconds ago, uh, $45 a share is, is, what, is what it's going to be going for. Um, or is going for because I assume the stock market is open. Now. Uh, it opened a couple hours ago. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Okay. There we go. Twitter shares open up at forty-five dollars and ten cents per share, which is double that amount. So that puts that evaluation at something around, oh, say, I don't know, uh, thirty-six billion dollars, um, which is absolutely fucking That's insane, like right? I'm not crazy. Oh, uh, no, you're not crazy. <laughs> okay. Um, no, this is the beginning of the end. I thought Facebook was going to do it, but I think this might have to have to be the one. You know what? I, I these are reindeer games that I can't play, and so I really don't care. <laughs> but, <laughs> All right, I just wanted uh, to throw out a couple other numbers because, yeah, I, I don't really get it either. But just as as a point of interest, so we're looking at Twitter at being about thirty six billion dollars now. We talked last week about Pinterest at about three point eight billion. Uh, Snapchat is Snapchat is three point five billion. Now, uh, to contrast with say Exxon Mobil, which is pretty massive, uh, four hundred and fourteen billion dollars. Apple's estimated at three hundred and eighteen billion. Microsoft at two hundred and thirty three billion. Google at one hundred and ninety five billion. Uh, that's a lot of billions for a lot. Yeah, of this is just just silly money. Yeah, it's silly, silly money. money. But at least I mean <laughs> Exxon, we know what they do. Apple, we know what they do. Microsoft, Snapchat, really. In the three point five billion dollars for sending pictures of underage boobies, <laughs> yeah, I just don't see it. Yeah, but, and Pinterest doesn't yeah, make we, sense we, either. We, and, and I, I still beat it, don't get Twitter. Beat it to death. So, yep. <laughs> it's like, you know, good for good for Ev. He's a billionaire now. <laughs> Your little farm boy from Nebraska makes good. Yeah, couldn't really care about anybody else there. But uh, I'm sure. Uh, well, I wonder if any of the early angels are going to make a uh, big hit from this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all going to be very happy. So. So there you go. Something else that doesn't really make any money is uh, worth a shit ton of money. And I just don't get it. So speaking of Google, I got some more news from them. Uh, it has come out that the floating barge in San Francisco that everybody's been very curious about is going to be a, quote, interactive space, end quote, whatever the fuck that means. Uh, so it's not the big floating container of cash that I didn't that I figure they just didn't know where else to put. <laughs> it's their new. That's that's literally their new offshore account. They just put it on a barge where everybody can see. Yeah, it. exactly. That's kind of what I figured it was going to be. But uh, now it's going to be some sort of interactive space, and God knows what that means. Or, well, I mean, first the last thing I heard it was like an invite-only, like super store for like Google Glass and stuff like that. Yeah, but that would be pretty fancy. It, too. It, yeah, I just think it's all speculation still. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, that seems to be uh, the current thought. Uh, second bit of Google news, since they own YouTube, um, and as we all know, YouTube comments have have needed an overhaul in a long time because it's basically just troll city and people just crapping all over everything and blah 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 blah. So Google decided they needed to go in and fix that. What fortunately, what they decided to do is that uh, they would tie all comments now into a Google Plus account. So if you want to make comments on YouTube, you have to have a Google Plus account. Oh yay! Um, well, I guess it's a little <laughs> easier to track trolls down, but not really. Not really, because uh, Google's still trying to push for the real name initiative, which is just stupid. Never going to happen. Yeah. Um, and my I. I've got all these problems with YouTube because I've got two Google Plus accounts that I can't merge. 
So which one do I comment with? You know, I can't merge all my videos because they're all distributed and, and fractured because of all. Remember, we used to talk about how the Google Plus accounts, like you have all the problems with your clients and the Google Plus accounts yeah. and all that crap. Yep. I, I, as a regular Joe, had those Google Plus problems too, and uh, they they were never resolved. Yeah, it's, it's so great. Real yeah, big yeah, that's just. I mean, like it's it's a total mess. You know, I signed up. For a Gmail account for for slender like slenderfungus at gmail dot com, which is one of my email accounts, like ages ago, like right when Gmail first launched, I have no way to integrate that into the Google Plus account that I made. I, I just can't. It won't let me. <laughs> yeah, there, there's no way to really just you know merge the two. Yeah, which is just they, they had some. They, yeah, they had some merge tools a while ago, and they, they they still have some, but they're just they're janky and they don't work. Right. You know? Yeah. I would like one account that I can specify several email addresses for and say, these are the email addresses that work with this account. But you can if you got another account. And it's just like, what the? Yeah, you guys are supposed to be smart. One account to be rule smart. them all. One account to bind them. <laughs> Sorry, geeked out. Um, yeah, and speaking of just weird-ass shit, uh, Silk Road is back. 2.0. It's out now. Uh, just launched. Uh, the Dread Pirate Roberts on Twitter announced it. Uh, you can never kill the idea of hashtag Silk Road. This is bigger than drugs or technology. This is taking back our rights by selling you drugs, technology, and underage children. Yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> if if they can get to if they can get to the last one, they can get to the next one. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's just about it's well. I mean, it's cat and mouse game, and always will be. Um, you know, I just I love when these guys that are doing things that are so obviously meant to harbor illegal and questionable and really morally undefinable items use use the whole this is taking back our rights argument as the way to do it so it's not really rights if you're selling drugs which most countries have deemed illegal and making it easier for people to do that but hey you know dread pirate roberts <laughs> go for it buttercup would be really upset with you <laughs> so yeah he keeps using that word freedom i don't think it means what it means <laughs> um now this one we actually put two different stories in our in our our notes today. Uh, you have one about Blockbuster. I have another one about Blockbuster. But yours trumps mine. So <laughs> I am. Let, let me just let me just state for the record. Okay. I am so happy <laughs> this has happened. Blockbuster <laughs> is gone. Yeah. dead, kaput. No more stores. Yes, announced that. Well, no, not entirely. No more stores. Uh, there is a caveat to that. Uh, Blockbuster is finally shutting down completely. The last of their 300 U.S. stores are closing. Their subscription service is shutting down, etc., etc., etc. Apparently, though, there are 50, 50 throughout the entire United States independently owned and operated Blockbuster branded stores that are staying open. Not for long. <laughs> no, they won't be around long either. I mean, even like unless they turn themselves into something like Vidiots in Venice, which is, you know, just this obscure kind of like Quentin Tarantino used to hang out there. You have to be a total film geek to want to be there. Store, it's just not going to last. Nobody does this anymore. Everybody's on their Netflix. So bye bye. Yep. <laughs> and you know, I, you know the story about me and Netflix. The, I mean, Blockbuster. They. Uh, they killed my job, my the best job I ever had. They killed it, <laughs> right? Just because they couldn't make any money. So I am happy to see them gone. Except the 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 downside is they're owned by Dish Network now, not by Viacom. So Viacom didn't take the hit, right? Yeah, which is a bit of a bummer. I always like when yeah. Viacom gets hit. Exactly. I want those bastards to suffer. <laughs> so if you're going to steal a movie, kid, steal it from Paramount. Right. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> so I just it's a, it's the end of an era. Blockbuster. Good riddance. 
so now we get back to this uh, this free versus paid uh, bandwidth and connectivity issue. Yeah. And your town, Los Angeles, is going to roll out free internet. So explain that to me, Mr. Curmudgeonly. It's all going to shit in the handbasket. I don't believe it for two seconds. I don't believe that this is ever going to happen. I think this is, you know, they're announcing that they're going to do it. They're trying to make a bunch of back-end plays to make it happen. It's not going to happen. This will never, ever launch. We've been hearing that Google was going to come into multiple cities and offer free, high-bandwidth wireless, blanket the cities in free wireless. They haven't done it yet either. This is not going to well, they're happen. they're working on it. They've, got, yeah, they've, they've been working got on the it. fiber to the home. They've been working on it for a long time, but nobody's had it, their free, uh, free city-wide internet yet. Even with, even, with those, uh, even with those uh, balloons. <laughs> <laughs> well, the balloons are coming. I can't wait. Uh, I don't think this is ever going to roll out. I would like to see it. And even if they do end up rolling it out, uh, it may be free for the first year. And then they're going to decide to start charging for it. I think they're, I think part of the deal is it's like a two megabit you know, free connection. And then the, the people have the option to upgrade from there up to a gigabit. Yeah. Which would be, you know, that's fine. But if everybody... In Los Angeles, could get fiber to the home, which you know would take uh, two generations. Yeah, at the, at the pace that it moves out there. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, it's a it's a great dream, but I don't think it's going to happen. I, I, I was laughing when I read it. <laughs> they want they want the vendor to pay for the three billion dollar cost of laying all the fiber and all the it, all of the permits and you know yeah. all of the stuff. I, you know, basically, LA saying. If you want to come into our town and dig it up and put some fiber in, that's great, but you're going to pay for it. Yeah. So send us an RFP. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is Los Angeles. Los, uh, Los Angeles can't get anything done, and so that won't happen anyways. But I just don't – I've been hearing – you know, a lot of companies have come in and, and said, we're going we're gonna to go into the city and we're going to blanket them with free wireless and blanket them with free internet access. And I don't know of a single city that has completely free internet access anywhere. Because yeah, because there are businesses and companies that yeah. make money off providing internet. So why why would you come in and say, oh, we're just going to give this to you for free and not expect to fight? Exactly. So it's all bullshit. We are going to be paying yeah. for everything, just like they are here in the UK, like they do in Canada. It's going away. It's going away. It's going away. Get used to it. No more free wireless anywhere. Well, I'm gonna I'm taking advantage of it while I can. Me too. Um, Me too. <laughs> and. There's a great story in Wired about how uh, we're about to lose net neutrality, the, the net neutrality battle, just because of so many damn loopholes yeah. in, the, in the current laws, and they're they're re uh, they're rehearing the case on it or, or voting on the case. Um, this was a couple of days ago, so I haven't checked to see if we have a verdict yet. But uh, if there is one, I'll put it in the show notes. But yeah, it's there's there's. We're never going to win that battle. No. They're going to keep fighting, and they're going to keep trying to be sneaky, and they're going to start prioritizing packets and in bilking companies for, you know, more than they deserve. It's, you know, <laughs> Google Google pays for internet access. Yeah, I pay for internet access. So there's two points. Every people on either side are paying for their access. So why should Google have to pay more to get me their stuff faster? Right. It's it. You know, the whole thing is ridiculous, and it's uh, it's extortion. Yeah, it's always <laughs> no argument. The deck, yeah, the deck is stacked. The deck has always been stacked. Oh, yeah. Why are we? And the funny thing about the internet is that we all sit here and we and we act surprised when it happens and we get morally outraged. But this is how it's always been. This is the world. Yeah, so think back to the railroads. <laughs> <laughs> it's time. 
in the balls. So, I, I still have not seen an episode of Chug. I'm getting all the updates, and I'm quite looking forward to the show, but I did get a package right before I, uh, I fucked off and came over to London. And, well, let's, be, let's be, hang on real quick. Chug yeah. is the only Kickstarter that you and I have both ever funded. That is true, yes. That's the Zane Lamprey drinking show. Uh, we both quite like him. We liked his older show. And uh, I didn't even just go in just for the show. I decided to go for one of the bullshit Kickstarter incentives where I kicked in a little bit more for a, uh, you know, a limited edition T-shirt to along with I, my... I, I as well. Yeah. We did the same. Yes. So, and that was a significant period of time ago. I think we were like in episode four or five at that point. Now we're 33. Yeah, yeah. So there's been a lot of updates about when these incentives would ship and everything like that. And I was quite pleased to see that it actually had shipped because I was figuring it was going to be vaporware and they just might never show up. Uh, But they did show up and uh, I opened up my package with, with some glee. Only discover... A shirt that probably cost uh, roughly $2 for him to create. I got the same shirt. I opened it, and my jaw dropped when I saw it. It was the steamiest little pile of black t-shirt goo that I've ever seen. I mean, Cafe Press would have done better. Now, here's what bothers me. (laughs) Um, Kickstarter, in general, has bothered me. I don't like the idea that we're funding these things and not getting a part of it. Uh, The incentive thing I always thought was a little bit of crap. Um... The timing. Uh, he sent out massive amounts of updates about how you know the incentives haven't shipped yet because he was not happy with the quality of them and he was going to different vendors and he was personally looking into to make sure that all these people that gave him the money to make a show and fund his life would get high quality incentives that they paid for. And then when the shirt finally shows up, and uh, let me just a brief reminder that I do work in the music industry. I'm we're a design company for musicians we have designed shit tons of merchandise we have worked with tons of vendors we have seen every bit of quality up and down the spectrum and figured out pricing levels and things like that this is the cheapest piece of shit you could possibly get out there it's horrible it It is absolutely horrible it's stunning how bad it is he paid next to nothing so this is exactly what I thought Kickstarter would be. Pay for the incentives. They figure out the cheapest way to keep as much cash as humanly possible and screw you. <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, the thing's – I got I got the – it's a black – you got the black T-shirt, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that thing's going to Hold, it, hold it up to the light. It's, all, it's like almost transparent. Yeah, you, you can see <laughs> right through it. Uh, the ink that they – I mean, that's going to last like 10 to 15 washes total. Uh, it's going to shrink like no tomorrow. It is just it is the lowest quality possible T-shirt that you can possibly get out there. Uh, horrible. Absolutely horrible. I would actually write him and make a comment about it, but I don't see the point. Because <laughs> yeah, he's off he's off around the world filming his show and having parties and all that stuff right now. Yeah, exactly. Um, so. so so another what big, you gonna uh, do? kick in the fucking balls from Kickstarter. From the one time that I actually did pay for an incentive and it sucks balls. I know there's a there's a serious market opportunity here for somebody to, to start a company that is just for people who do incentives on Kickstarter to be a quality provider. You know, that just focuses on I mean, that, that's the best market, right? Because everybody wants <laughs> to give away crappy T-shirts. And there are some great T-shirt comp- companies out there. Beautiful silk screening, you know, end-to-end fulfillment. You know, you send them a graphic and your customers get T-shirts. It's ah, like, but those partner with these guys. But those actually cost money. And then you have to, like, put that money into it, which nobody wants to do. Because when you get a big pile of cash and you're sitting on that cash to do your project and then somebody goes, um, <clears throat> excuse me. 
uh, you promised to do all this stuff. So we're going to have to take a huge chunk of that cash away from you. They start to go, no, 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 this is mine, mine, mine. <laughs> <laughs> they do not want to part well, with it. Even Corolla, who didn't use Kickstarter, he used Fund Anything, I believe, was bitching about that on a show the other day. He was like, yeah, we're so happy. We're starting to make the movie. We're blocking everything out. And then I was like, then somebody reminded me that I have to do all these fucking incentives. <laughs> well, yeah, and that's don't, what you signed up the for, deal. bitches. Yeah. <laughs> You got the money, give the goods. Yeah, and make them decent. Um, and uh, at least this is where, you know, just planning comes into effect. Like, figure out how much a damn T-shirt costs, figure out how much shipping costs, and then build the incentive based on, you know, what the what the profit is per price point when you take out the incentive. Agreed. It's like, okay, it's like this is simple math. and they, But again, this is one of the things that I the, – one of my problems with Kickstarter is you've got people who don't – understand the every aspect of the business that they're getting into rushing ahead and taking your cash i'm sure he well no he had a tv show and he has a merchandise line beforehand this guy knew zane knew what this stuff would cost and 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 i in speaking of his merchandise line i used to have one of his hoodies that i bought from his previous show three sheets yeah. that thing lasted me for years it was one of that's why i had high hopes for this his merchandise has been the best quality of any TV show merchandise I've ever seen. This is why I'm so, so disappointed. Sad to say, and my thought is immediately then he decided it's not worth it to me to part with the cash to get good quality stuff. I want to keep it all for my show and my life. <laughs> or he, or he, or he um, hired somebody sub- off to do subcontracted it. and had the had the intern do yeah, it. Exactly. So you know, I. Uh, bad taste in my mouth from the one kickstarter that i actually did fund and i haven't even seen the damn show yet <laughs> yeah uh and another uh, a little more follow-up on another one we we bagged on pendulet uh his uh whatever his make him movie. angry project yeah. bad pen or whatever yeah it, i i could not i mean i like pen i don't love pen anymore he's kind of gotten under my skin but uh they're getting gotten on my nerves uh, <laughs> recently his ice cream was amazing from the Celebrity Apprentice. I can't wait to get more of that. But his, this movie does not look like anything that would re- even remotely interest me. So I am, yeah, that, great, great. He got he got funding for a movie that I don't think anybody's going to watch besides the people that funded it. Yeah, I, I feel the exact same way. Uh, I love the Penn and Teller show. I enjoyed bullshit when that was on TV. Um, I I read his book. It was okay. Uh, I'm a little burned out on him. Uh, is a bit of a one-trick pony for me, and uh, yeah, I'm just not interested in this movie whatsoever, at all. So, good, good on him. He got his money. Go make your movie, and I hope that the people that paid for it like it. And if you offer T-shirts as incentive, don't use the same company that Zane did. Absolutely. <laughs> There's Kickstarter. We. No, seriously? Are you shitting me? Jimmy Kimmel has been in the news recently for his uh, his twerking punk, <laughs> as uh, as it were, and uh, I still give him kudos for that. I think yeah. uh, this he's in the news right now because he has these little roundtables of children that that talk about adult uh, topics like war and crime and all this other stuff. You know, world news basically right. from the mouths of babes, and, as it were. Yeah, and uh, there's one where this little white boy talks about killing all the Chinese. <laughs> A little Chinese girl next to him. It is, I mean, it's it's a stupid little bit. It wasn't even that funny. Right. But there's now there are now petitions on Change.org to take Kimmel off the air, and it's 
it is what this is one of those things where I, I I'm just floored and flabbergasted by like this is a comedy show people yes a, they want him off the air because he's teaching children hate speech did you say it was a um, change.org yeah. oh hey change.org people change the fucking channel <laughs> yes, You're that exactly. offended. It's a TV show. It's a comedy TV show. It wasn't even that offensive of a bit. Kimmel didn't respond to it by saying, oh, yeah, that's a great idea. He said, should we allow the Chinese to live? That's an interesting idea. But shut the fuck up. Uh, they don't have enough uh, supporters on their petition, and I hope that nobody actually joins in on this. This is ridiculous. It's stupid. It was a joke. It's not offensive. Give me a break. <laughs> yeah, if you just read it, it's like, it's sensitive people that are too sensitive yeah. this, this politically correct culture can suck there me are off. worse things in within 30 seconds there are 25 worse things in 30 seconds of south park and you're going to get upset about this i guess it's because it's on a yeah. major network uh, and they figure they can get money i don't know whatever this is stupid and they're live children instead of animated children oh, okay that makes a difference who knew <laughs> yeah no, this is just uh, just mind-boggling. That's that's all the that's all the credence I'm going to give this. But it's been floating around, and it just it's uh, done. Stop it, people. Quit being idiots. I agree wholeheartedly. Welcome to this week in shit we put on our computers. I have a app to avoid this week at all costs. <laughs> this it was making around about two days ago. It's called Knock to Unlock. Right. It is a it is a two app. Double punch. You put one app on your com- on your Mac and one app on your iPhone. Okay. And when you come close to your computer, you can just knock your iPhone twice, and it'll unlock your computer if you use a password, which everybody should. Yes. Um, and I have a very long password, so I thought, oh, that'd be cute. Let me try it. Four bucks for the iPhone app. The Mac app is free. Okay. So I get it all installed. I get it all paired up. You know, I drop my four bucks, and I'm all happy. I'm like, okay, this looks cool. Let's see. Let's see how this works. Um, and when I'm done installing the software on the Mac, it says, give it a try now. Press here to, uh, press here to lock your Mac. Right. I said, okay. Press to lock my Mac. Yeah, it locked it. <laughs> All right. It locked it so good. It took me about two hours to get it to unlock. Oh, dear. It wouldn't boot right after that. It, it was just, it, it fried it. Um, now, is this because you kind of, uh, let's be honest here, you, you really customize your, your Mac? You think if this, you just had a straight up much. install, this might have gone just perfect? I, it's, my Mac is not that customized. I've got a bunch of stuff go, running, but it's not, okay. it's like, I don't really, it's not like I, the old days where I'd be in there like playing with the resource forts on the system files and all that crap. No, no. This, it's pretty stock, but just with extra stuff. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so I finally get it back up, and it's still running. So I'm like, okay, I'll leave it running for a bit and give it a shot. Right. Once I finally get my computer to work again, thank you for the hours of productivity lost for $4. Um, <laughs> and it didn't work. It like, okay, I had my phone in my pocket, and I, I went to the screen. And it's got a little blue circle, and it can tell when you're knocking on your phone. So I'm sitting here knocking on my phone, knocking on my phone. Knock, knock. Uh, so it seems when the phone is in a lock state, which it generally is in your pocket, won't right. work. Oh. You have to press the button to get to the, the next screen. You have to kind of wake it up and then ta- then knock it. Right. So that's kind of silly because they don't show that on the commercial on the website. <laughs> um, yeah, all in all, this was a waste of $4. And uh, 
several hours of my day. And I cannot recommend enough that you do not install it. And you should read the terms of service too, because the terms of service basically say that by downloading this app and you you agree to it's like all of the all of the terms state that if you disagree with any of these, you shouldn't download the app. But right. you can only get to the terms of service by downloading the app and installing it and reading the terms of service. <laughs> Oops. And they say, oh, we try and put this in, in natural language. I'm like, well, why don't you read your shit before you put it into natural language and you would realize that it's stupid and doesn't work. <laughs> uh, it's, just, it, every, it's a fail on every front. All right. And I am affronted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stay, stay the hell away from it. And you can only use it – oh, here's, here's the, the last bit. You can only use it on one computer. Okay. I have two, which – okay, great. That's stupid. Yeah. And it puts a, an icon in your menu bar, which I wrote to their um, – their support email and say, how can I get rid of this? Cause there's no preference to get rid of it. Right. And it was pushing out, uh, another icon that I really need because it was just not enough real estate. And I don't want icons in my menu bar that I don't want in my menu bar. And that's one of them. Right. And they just sent me back like almost eight hours later, they sent me back a form letter with a fact that said, sorry, we can't respond to your email right now because we're swamped. And I'm like, <laughs> You're swamped because you're just broken. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, so they got your phone. Uninstalled, deleted. Yeah, uninstalled, deleted from the iPhone. Uh, I am a uh, I'm a case for do not do this. Save your four bucks yeah. seriously. It, and even when it and I finally when it did work, it's not that cool. You'd think it'd be cooler, but it's not that cool. I want my Mac to unlock when I walk up to it. Yeah, yeah, that totally should do that. With the you know, if you got your iPhone in your pocket and it's unlocked, it should just go ping. That'd be sweet. Here's the, Here's the other really weird bit. When I installed the Mac version, I've got a little snitch running, and I can see what calls this app is making. Yeah. It was calling Twitter. It was calling Facebook. It was calling all of these different services. It, there, there were literally about 15 services that the app called right. before it was would even initialize. And I was like, what's going on here? Because there, on, when in the preferences for the app, there's no Twitter integration. There's no Facebook integration. Why would you want that? It's an app to unlock your Mac. Yeah. Why is all this social stuff in there, and what are they taking? So uh, even on that, I was almost ready to dump it at that point, but I, I, I'm doing this for science. I'm doing this for you guys. <laughs> so I went through it. But, yeah, just the fact that they're sending all of this data out and just pinging these services is really, really bizarre. Yeah, and, that doesn't make a lot of sense. I, I can't imagine why they would have that built in, especially since – they seem to have not bothered to spend much time actually building their app. <laughs> yeah, I just I don't trust them. I don't trust the app, and I stay away from it. Stay away from it. So will do. Now, on the gaming side, oh dear Lord. there's a <laughs> there was a great game by Chillingo uh, a couple of years ago called Anomaly, mm-hmm. which is which is a reverse tower defense game. Okay. Like tower defense, you usually build up your towers, and the armies try and get through yes. and try and stop them. This well, time this you're time the you're, army you're trying the, to get in. You're the army, okay. yeah. And you're going through this city of aliens with their towers, and you're trying to get through. It was fun. It was a great little game. I probably spent 20 hours on it. I think it was a couple bucks back then. Now, Anomaly Two is out, mm-hmm. so it looks really good. I mean, the first one looked okay, but uh, this one looks really good. It plays. It plays great on my iPad Mini, the first okay. gen, not the new Retina one. So that's a good good starting point. Uh, they do say that you know some of the older devices you should not run this on, but uh, on on my iPad Mini it was great, looks gorgeous, four ninety nine, uh, larger story, larger worlds, uh, 
really nice 3D. It's all in all so far, and it plays almost identical to the first one, except you've got these cool uh, transformable mech units now that go blow people up. It's cool. <laughs> I, I give so far, I give it a, a big thumbs up. All right, to check. Yeah, I'm not going to check that out. You already killed me with the Plants vs. Zombies, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here's one that I'm going to tell you not to buy, just because I I couldn't bring myself. I know I have a budget, and I was still under budget this week. But right. This was the top paid app in the iTunes store. It is Duck Dynasty Battle of the Beards. I'm surprised the people that are into Duck Dynasty actually know how to use iPhones. I don't know, man. This is a, a really popular show. I've seen like a... <laughs> 13 second clip of an episode and it just i can't watch this i can't watch like swamp loggers and alligator men and you know <laughs> all that crap. uh i had to watch some of the gold digger ones and it was just was not that entertaining and it just duck dynasty seems like it's you know loggers meets honey boo boo and jersey shore all crammed into one with big zz top beards i don't know i haven't seen it so i'm i, I may be a little quick to judge but I could not spend the money on Duck Dynasty Battle of the Beards. If, if, if a listener has tried it, if you've tried it out there, <laughs> leave us a comment in the show notes, uh, grumpyoldgeek slash 33, and let us know if I'm just talking out my ass, or if, if, I'm, if I should go drop my 99. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'd be interested to hear what the actual gameplay on that is, either. Uh, battling beards? Well, that could be interesting, but who knows, whatever. Hey, go, go find out, it only cost you a buck. Uh, well, maybe I will, maybe I will. I, I, I already, I already blew my, my money on uh, <laughs> knock it. Yeah, knock it off <laughs> Yeah. So I, I also did something in the interest of science this week while I was here in London. Uh, London is notoriously hard to, to get around. I mean, if you want to talk about a city not being on a grid, you'd be harder pressed to find any city that is worse and less on a grid than London. Uh, twists and turns everywhere, streets end. You, you just don't know where you're going half the time, even when you kind of know the city like I do. Um, so I decided I would go out one day and use only the Google Maps app, which uh, Google Maps is always for LA and for my, you know, when I'm sitting on my desktop, it's my go-to. Uh, then there was the big, you know, kerfla about uh, Apple Maps, you know, coming out and pushing Google Maps off the phone. And everybody was really, really upset about that and said it wasn't a good enough product and blah, 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 blah. Um, between, so I went out one day and just used Apple Maps to get around and, and find my various pubs and places I wanted to go. Apple Maps kicked the shit out of Google Maps. That's it was, interesting. It was way easier to use. The navigation was quicker. It was quicker to be able to uh, find things. It was uh, more responsive. It was more accurate. Um, I'm sold. Like you, You're on your thing about trying to only use like a, you know, baked in apps i'm on board 100 percent as far as the maps go i don't think i'm going to go back to google maps at all apple maps was way more intuitive and just a way more pleasant experience and now that uh apple maps is built into mavericks you can do sharing between the two and with yeah your which is iCloud sweet. Yeah. i mean you could do that with google with your google account but i've never got it to work right um right. and google, google screwed me a couple times they, they cost me about two and a half hours of uh uh, traffic delays because I went to I was taken away home and uh, back in Pennsylvania and I got almost there and the road was closed and I had to backtrack an hour to go all the way around and it was it's a mess and it was it, it was a road that had been closed for about three months yeah. and it hadn't made hadn't made it into the Google Maps so yeah I didn't so. I did check Apple to see if they had the the right fix but I 
you know, I've been burned by them a couple times. So I'll give it a shot. I'll give yeah, I've got to say, anybody that's been holding off and, you know, still wanted their Google and they're pissed off about it not being uh, native to your phone anymore, uh, my experience was unbelievably pleasant in comparison to Google Maps. It, it worked absolutely fantastic. I was able to get to every single pub and I was still able to use it after I'd been to my sixth pub. One out of one alcoholics recommend Apple Maps. Damn right. <laughs> And, and uh, Apple Maps on Mavericks is really nice. Having it on your desktop is is really cool. Well, I love the fact that you can share between the two. I, I would be a full-time convert after this trip, except for the fact that I have a, a Mini back home, and I actually have to use Google Maps to do to send to the car. They haven't built that into Apple Maps yet. So get on that, Apple. <laughs> I, I thought you meant an Apple Mini, but you mean a Mini Mini. mini no, Cooper. I mean a Mini Mini <laughs> Mini Cooper, yeah, I, which uh, you know I can send direct to navigation to my car from my desktop, which is absolutely fantastic so now do you, do you have a problem bagging on bmw drivers even since your mini is made by bmw um uh, why'd you have to point that out <laughs> hey you know in the, in it's kind of like the, the go-kart transparency BMWs. yeah i mean i love having the bmw engine that's uh, that's certainly fantastic but I, I think i've avoided all the bmw traps by having a, a sort of english car just built by the germans and made better so the Germans did actually win the war. Yes, they did. This weekend, false advertising. So the cheerleader effect uh-huh. is uh, is a. I guess this was something that was coined in How I Met Your Mother, <laughs> way back in the day, where uh, uh, Neil Patrick Harris looks at a group of women and says, uh, "Yeah, collectively they're attractive, but individually they're sled dog ugly." <laughs> Um, there's an article in the Atlantic this week uh, that talks about why people are more beautiful in groups. Okay. New research recommends uh, recruiting a wingman or woman uh, with a complimentary face when you go out. See, I always thought it's, you were supposed to, to pick somebody that was uglier than you, so you looked even better. Well, I guess there's an averaging effect, so you don't want to get too ugly because then you you're pulled down. You want to you want to find somebody that's actually probably a little better looking, and then you're brought up. Bring you up, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because like, as they say, if you, you've seen A Beautiful Mind, right? Yes. So the game theory in that is you never go for the hottest chick in the room. You always go for the, the, the underlings. Yes. So this, this would probably help you if you, you know, had, had went out with somebody that was better looking and he goes after the best looking person in the room and then you're left with the pick of the litter, as it were. <laughs> um, it's a really cool article with really interesting science behind it that, you know, lets you talk just about how we, how we perceive people in groups and how we do this kind of averaging. And it's, it's totally true. Think about when you go to the bar and you see a group of hot girls and you talk to them and, you know, from afar, and even when you're talking to them, they're all, you know, relatively good looking. But then when you like focus in on an individual one, then you start to see all the imperfections and the flaws. And <laughs> I mean, that works both ways. So it's guys and girls, uh, it's, it's just a general human trait. True. Yes. Uh, I just thought it was, a, I thought it was a fun, fun article with, uh, little bits of science. Yeah, I like the article, too. It was a, it was a fun little read. Um, I love the end, though, because in the, the end, they bring in kind of just what is such a current meme right now, which is about um, getting offline and actually being out with people. So the, the, the ending paragraph is, the nice part of this idea is that it might give us another excuse to socialize and travel in numbers. For almost all people, relationships are integral to health, and time spent socializing offline correlates with quality of life. Maybe we actually look more attractive among friends, not solely because of complementary bone structures, but because we're actually happier. Because we are with people yep. and not sitting in front of our computer crying. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was, I thought it was a good way to wrap yeah. it too. Very cool, interesting yeah. to read. Uh, go check it out; it's pretty. It's pretty funny. 
and then go out and then go out with a bunch of friends and have, have a good time with some slightly better looking than you friends let them pull you up talk a lot about you know the nsa and the cia and how terrible they are now and mm-hmm. i went i went back and found a book um about the some of the cool roots of kind of basically what most people would think of as the q branch where they make the crazy gadgets for james bond yeah yeah you know, that kind of thing like our version the the guys in the cia back in the cold war days it's called spycraft the secret history of the cia's spy techs from communism to al-qaeda Right. Al Qaeda, depending on your your take. <laughs> um, I'm only halfway through this book. It's a it's a fairly big book. It's amazing. I love this stuff. I love just the way that these guys thought the the, the of stuff that they did back in the day in Russia, just trying to get uh, information. Right. And this is what happens when you have like you know this great war of intellects going on and trying to figure out what the other guys are doing. And it was it's a so far it's a fun read. You know. I'm not. I don't want to even think about the the stuff that's going on nowadays when I read the book because it's like you have these guys that just need to come up with these great ideas. They ran out of enemies, so we're we're the enemy now. Um, <laughs> yes. So they started using it on us. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I want to talk about one thing that was actually a Russian spy device. It was a microphone that had no power source, and they couldn't figure out what this thing was. They found it in a plaque behind an ambassador's desk that was given to them by like a, a group of kids. And it was on the wall for like four or five years. <laughs> and it had a microphone in it. And they couldn't figure out how it worked for years. And um, it, it turned out that somebody could sit across the street and blast a radio uh, signal at it, right. which would then activate it. And then like they could get the signal back from what the vibrations that were going on in the room. So it required no power. And it was it, it's kind of like an RFID tag almost, like where they they don't have any batteries in them, but you can send a radio signal at them that powers them, and then they get the signal right, back, right. kind of thing. Um, and the crazy part about it was uh, the guy who invented it was a theremin. Oh, yeah. After yeah. he invented it there, and he went back to Russia, and they they threw his ass in, in a prison camp. But had him pulled him out to make all this stuff, gave him like the highest award that the um, that Stalin could give, but right. kept him in the prison camp. They wouldn't let him out. Lovely. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's stuff like that, stories like that, and like all just the crazy stuff that our guys did over in Russia, just to sneak into places, and all the stuff they came up with for evading uh, KGB surveillance. It is a fantastic read. I'm loving it so much. Nice. I might have to download that and read it uh, on my flight home. Uh, I didn't get much of a chance to read because I, I dipped into movies on my flight and I've been running around, but I'm still working on the Morrissey book. I got past the kind of somewhat boring and very sad uh, descriptions of his childhood, and I'm on the fun part where he's actually in the Smiths and they're in the music industry, and he's just starting to catalog everything that's wrong with the music industry and just bitch about it, which is a lot of fun. Uh, and it's also fun. Yeah, I was going to say, how, how, how can you put fun and Morrissey together? They don't it's, really go. it's, he's actually quite witty and not wrong about almost every observation he makes about the music industry. And this part's been highly enjoyable for me because I work in the music industry. Um, it's also been fun to be kind of dipping my toe into it and reading pages here and there while I'm in London, um, you know, going around and just like, I'm in the places that he's talking about or going past them. So it's been fun to read it while I'm here. Uh, jury's still out on whether the book's good or not. I'll finish it uh, this week and I'll have a report next week. Cool. And one of your favorite books, I know, is Ender's Game. The movie's yes. finally out. 
Did you get a chance to see it yet? Uh, I've not seen the movie. Uh, that'll be something I do when I get back. Um, I've read, I mean, you know, this is the internet age now. There are about 10,000 op-eds out there, especially because, you know, Orson Scott Card is basically a homophobe and hasn't been able to shut his mouth up. Um, uh, apparently, they basically just stripped out the action parts, made that to the movie, and I didn't see a way that they were going to do all the fun, like, kind of intellectual mind game stuff uh, as a movie anyways. It's supposed to be a good time, fun, but uh, unless you've read the book, you don't understand why anybody is doing anything or the deeper significance of it, so... Well, we'll, we'll find out. I, I, yeah, I haven't read. The, I read the book once, okay. uh, years and years and years ago. Before, I mean, like long time ago. Right. Um, so I'm going to go check it out. I'm I'm not going to deal with the boycotts or any of that stuff. It's, yeah, it's yeah. a move. I'm going to go see it. Separate or, the, he, he's, the art yeah, from he's, the creator. Yeah, he's he's a fucktard. We all know that. Yeah. Uh, he's got his magic underwear on and <laughs> uh, whatever. I'm just well, going to enjoy the the movie. I think you should, yeah, let's go both go see the movie. I, I recently reread the book, um, and I, I think it'd be really interesting for you to go and just see the movie and then maybe read the book after, and then we can talk about it, because that might be kind of interesting. So. Sounds like a plan. Cool. Security! Ha! So the world of security and viruses has gotten a little creepier this week. <laughs> yeah, yes it has. There's an Ars Technica article about um, this this new virus that they're calling uh, Bad Bios yep. that can that has the ability to qu- jump quote unquote air gaps, which means that like computers that are not connected to anything can get infected or you know it can be moved around in various ways. It's it's self uh, uh, it's, it's got self defense. It won't let you get rid of it. It's, it's deep in the the BIOS, which is like the 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 core. Yep. Of the computer when it boots it's Mac up, and PC. it's nuts. I mean, there's nothing. And Linux. Linux. There's there's yeah. nothing this thing can't get to, and it, it's frightening. I mean, it's the air gap thing is is just unbelievable, absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, the fact that they're getting um, they're getting network traffic from computers that are unplugged <laughs> uh, from from the Ethernet, and and at some point power. You know, so it's a, it's a laptop running on battery, and they see network yeah. traffic. It's not until they unplug the speakers and the microphone that they can get it to stop. So it's using subsonics to talk from one computer to another, which is just crazy, it's unbelievable. It's absolutely insane. Um, and I, it's insane. Where, where is it sending it? What the hell's going on? Nobody knows. <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah, and the it's a security researcher found this, and he he was having a hard time getting people to believe him, and. Yeah, fortunately, he's got such a good reputation as you know a, a legit security guy that people are you know they people are behind him and they believe him. They're just a lot of people just can't find it and make it, make it do what it's doing. But I I can't wait to see more research on this because yeah. it's it's nuts. I definitely check out the article. It's on uh, Ars Technica. Yeah, and we'll put a link know, in the show your, notes. Your virus software uh, isn't going to stop uh, stop this. <laughs> no, <laughs> nothing's going to stop this. Apparently. <laughs> Oh man, it's it's. I mean, it's right out of science fiction. No, it really is. I mean, this this should this could be a hard sci-fi story. It probably is. It's probably a couple of them, but it's this is real, which is absolutely insane. So uh, yeah, no security <laughs> uh, to, there. <laughs> nope. And did Google like we talked about last week? How uh, yep. the NSA was picking up traffic between the data centers, yep. and Eric Schmidt from Google is outraged. So. I don't know if, if he's feigning outrage, <laughs> but uh, he's he's come out on record saying that he's pissed off about this. Right. 
which is which is good, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. <laughs> I mean, it just it just proves the point that it yeah, well, it doesn't prove anything. Unfortunately, that's what I mean. He could be feigning it, but it no, it's no. It, I hope. I mean, I assume somebody over there had to know. Somebody had to. Somebody need to must have noticed, and and they chose not to say anything until it was it was already leaked and out there. So, uh, my thought is feigning outrage, but whatever. <laughs> and uh, the next story from the NSA this week is that they basically consume everything. Yes, it says no. This is a New York uh, New York Times article saying no morsel too minuscule for all consuming NSA, and they're just getting everything. Well, that was a that know. was a discussion that we had when Doctor uh, Doctor David Heater was on, uh, and my argument is that storage is so cheap now, so so simple that that they are collecting absolutely everything and just storing it just in case. Um, and uh, that appears to be the case. So I, w- I was not wrong. <laughs> yeah, let's just yep. Storing it and going back grab later absolutely to... everything. And then uh, when something happens, we can go back and look at the timestamps on things and, and look at absolutely everything, including, you know, my shopping list for that day. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's like if, if their case is to be made that they're, they're gathering all this data for prevention, it goes out yeah, the window with that. exactly. You have to do analysis before the event Not instead after. of after the event. So let's uh, let's talk about my personal favorite uh, browser and I, I, yours as well. I'm sure. Opera. <laughs> oh, oh, you mean you mean yes, Internet Explorer? Of course, Sorry. That, you know our parents use. Um. Yeah. Well, no, my dad uses a Mac. Impressive. <laughs> Actually, my my whole the whole. My whole uh, dad's side of the family are Mac people because I trained them from a young age. Literally, I gave my brother his first computer when he was right. three, which was an old Mac Quadra <laughs> 650. <laughs> well, they have it a lot better than so the they're, they're Mac. Yeah, this is crazy that you have to use Internet Explorer if you're doing online shopping in South Korea because it's of a security law, which is, you know, well, that's kind of <laughs> ironic. Yeah, let's make them use the least secure browser in exactly. the world. Purchases can only be made through Internet Explorer. Um, Asiana Airlines. So that's absolutely unbelievably insane. But uh, what are you going to do? <laughs> well, it's like it's a 14-year-old law. They should maybe update yeah. the laws. <laughs> yeah, it's time to update the laws. It's the yeah. most uh, out-of-date browser known to man. It's also probably the least secure, except for maybe Opera. <laughs> I don't think Opera is. Are they still uh, making it? I thought that they, I I thought they were okay. done. I thought they had packed it in. Are they still going? Oh. No, no. Opera. I mean, I know. I know Opera Mobile right, yeah. is out. Um, I I didn't. I stopped <laughs> following Opera Desktop about three years ago when no client actually put it on an RFP right. anymore. And if it's not on, if it's not on no, an RFP, <laughs> it ain't for me. Exactly. No, and fortunately, everybody's dropping IE seven off their RFPs now. It's eight and up. Thank God. Thank God. Okay. You try doing responsive design in uh, IE seven. It just work at all. <laughs> there's there some there's some hacks, yeah. but it's not it's not pretty. It's not pretty. So South Korea for being so technologically advanced. Get your head yeah, out of your ass and law. get with the times. Boing Boing has been uh, getting really big on the podcast bandwagon. They've t- they've taken over. Um, uh, what was the 
Oh, Glenn Friedman's podcast about the oh, the new disruptors. They've taken over the new disruptors that used to be on Mule, right? And now it's a Boing Boing podcast, and they're starting up a bunch of them. And uh, the one that I really liked is there's a new new podcast from them called Incredibly Interesting Authors. Nice. And their first uh, their first episode is with Scott Adams of Dilbert fame. <laughs> it's it's hosted by Mark Frauenfelder, and I thought it was a. I thought it was a really good uh, first episode of a what will hopefully be a great podcast series. Cool. I, I've always been a big fan of Scott Adams. He's an interesting guy. So, Yeah, and his new book looks actually pretty interesting. So I'll try and pick that up. Cool. Um, he had that weird thing where he had he couldn't speak for a couple of years, which I, I, I kind of heard about, but I didn't know if it was mental or whatnot. But they actually had to go in and cut some nerves in his brain Whoa. to his vocal and he had to like reroute the paths to be able to speak again. It's really crazy. I knew nothing about that. I'm going to have to listen yeah. to this podcast. Oh, definitely. It's not that long, but it's really good. I, I was really entertained, and uh, and Mark's fun. Mark's always fun. So it's it's a really cool cool podcast. And check out their other stuff. Wang Boy is doing a pretty knock knockout job with uh, all their content. And especially if you fly Virgin America, you can uh, watch uh, good buddy Shenny Jardin do her thing with the Boing Boing TV stuff. It's nice. fun. Very cool. So I uh, picked up on, on your recommendation. You've been talking about Dan Carlin and his hardcore history for quite a while. And uh, I just never like thought I had a block of like five hours to listen to any of these because they're very, very in-depth. Um, but, uh, you know, traveling over to Europe, a lot of free time. So I downloaded quite a few. Um, Death Throws of the Republic. I, I had to go with the Wrath of the Cons um, because, you know, Con! It was just too funny. Um, but I didn't get a chance to listen to any of them. Um, but I also had downloaded Blueprint for Armageddon 1, which is his newest. And it goes into basically Europe and World War One, and World War Two, and why they happened. And it seemed incredibly appropriate as I was coming to London and going over to France. Uh, and it's all about them. Wow. These are great. Um, his voice <laughs> told you. Yeah, his voice isn't annoying at all. Um, I've, I listened to basically two and a half hours straight. I still have a half an hour left on this one. He's funny. Um, he's incredibly, obviously, knowledgeable about the subjects before he goes in there. Uh, the insights are really, really good. What could have been, what should have been. Uh, this one in particular talks about how he doesn't believe in fate, but he starts to list off all the various balls that just, no matter how people tried to stop things, they just kept rolling. Um, absolutely, unbelievably cool. It is the best breakdown of World War One and World War Two I've ever heard in my life. Uh, this is so much better than any textbook you've ever had in school unbelievably great i can't wait to go in and just listen to the rest of these you know they're daunting because of the length but you really don't even notice the time passing no that's that's the crazy part about it when you're done with them you're like wow that was you know a day and a half of my life but i'm i am a thousand times smarter energized and i want more you know yeah yeah i i can't recommend it enough now that i've dived in so you got both of us saying that that uh dan carlin's Hardcore History is an unbelievably great series. Now, just because I, I only dip my toes in, there's only, say, like the past 20 or so episodes that are available. I, I'm assuming he sells the older ones that are no longer yes, you can, there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he, you can go back and buy the old ones um, in packages for like each show. So I'm, I'm since I'm out, I was thinking of going back and picking up some of the ones. Because some of the ones that I'd originally listened to are now off the list. Right. Um, 
and I would I kind of want to go back and listen to him, listen to him again because he talked about there's one about the Dresden firebombing that was just oh I'd love to hear that especially you know oh it's bone chilling and then you go and read Kurt Vonnegut's book so good times tied in together yeah um, yeah I mean I I love this so much that I totally want to support him so I'm going to go back and buy some of that stuff because uh, it's great to get it for free but if you find something for free you should pay or donate or something. Yeah, this is one guy I, I really want to support because yeah. he puts so much time into these shows. I mean, there he puts months and months of research into these. Yeah, and he's got he's got another show called Common Sense with Dan Carlin, right. which is kind of like um you know like his take on modern events right. type of thing, which is which is pretty decent. I, I recommend that because he does those more often. Right. But he doesn't when he's like deep into doing the hardcore history stuff. He doesn't do them as often. Yeah, um, I'd imagine. but they're they're. They're really, you know, they're hour shows, 45-minute shows. Great, great to, like, keep you interested in the history stuff while he's busy doing the hardcore histories, like, doing his research. Because yeah. it's been, you know, six, seven months since he did his last one. That's why I was so excited that there was a new one out. And now I'm just like, can we get to the next one? I wanted, <laughs> you almost want to say, I want to know what happens next. But, I mean, it's the story of World War II. But he, he's got so information in there that you've never known yeah it's, you know? it's unbelievable i mean i i can you know i consider myself relatively knowledgeable about uh, europe and world war one and world war two and there were bits in there that i was just like what really i had no idea i it's really good um can't recommend it enough and like i said i, re- I really actually want to get some money to this guy hopefully he doesn't make cheap t-shirts I don't even. I don't want his t-shirts. I just want his content. Yeah. I really don't want his yeah, t-shirts. The content's fantastic. I'll have to listen to the current one as well. But uh, if if you're into history and want to go back and learn about something, um, you can't you can't beat this series as far as I can tell. So it's pretty amazing. Yeah, and we we actually had a comment on uh, Facebook about somebody who picked it up from the recommendation is loving it too. So Excellent. there's uh, there's lots of fans out there. Ooh, fancy. Nikon has uh, released its new DF retro camera, okay. which is a 16 megapixel uh, digital camera. Uses all the old lenses. Um, but the thing is, they made it look like an FM2, which is an old film camera okay. that I used to have, used to love, and on the front. And then you flip it over, and then it looks like their regular uh, electronic cameras, the D series. Right. I. I, I when I first saw it, I was like really excited, and then I flipped it over and I saw the back of it, and then I got very less excited. And I, 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 I kind of said it looked like RoboCop slept with a Pentax K1000, and this was their baby. Uh, it doesn't really, if you know what a Pentax K1000 is, it's funny. Um, and the the price tag is ridiculous. It's twenty eight hundred dollars. Yeah, well, and, you know what they're doing now. I mean, this is uh, <laughs> they're they're having a smaller market of people to sell to. I mean, even the most kind of like semi amateur, semi pro am people are are almost okay with their iPhone 5s cameras. Uh, so what you got to do is create all this kind of fetishized products, right? And and sell them yes, at, at a same postalgia. Prices. Yeah, <laughs> yes, postalgia. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like I said, if it wasn't so ridiculously expensive, I'd even consider it. Right. But since I just got rid of all my DSLR stuff, I'm staying away from it. But, you know, if I was into the DSLR scene, I would probably almost want to get it. Like I said, it's like the, this weird hybrid of old and modern, and it just didn't really work on every level. Right. But, yeah, everybody that's got a DSLR now, they're so good that – you know, you almost don't need to get a new one like you do with like you know computers. You need one every two, three years. Uh-huh. Uh, there's just you know they make these things to last forever. I had my D three hundred that I just sold 
I had that thing for like since the day it came out, and that was years and that was like six or seven, eight years ago. Right. So they're not making a lot of money on those things. So I, I mean, I see them trying. I see where they're trying to go with it. I, I think it's pretty from the front, hideous from the back. If you if you're rich and want to buy a toy, go for it. But they didn't do anything major with the internal specs. It doesn't have like a massive sensor or anything crazy like that. It's just kind of like a recycled current version DSLR for a right. lot more money. Right. So, but it does look fancy. <laughs> um, now, this, this next one doesn't really look that fancy. It looks kind of twatty. Um, looks like a giant scarf pillow <laughs> thing. It looks like almost one of those things you'd get at the airport lounge before you went on a long trip to, yeah, to little nap. little blow-up things that you stick around your neck. Yeah, they go yeah. around your neck. This is the Hudving for cyclists, which yeah. is it's an airbag. It's yep. an airbag that with that has sensors to trigger it when you're falling and going to land on your head, and it pops up and poof. Um, I've seen neck things like this for motorcycles. Uh, this is the first one I've seen for cyclists. I always thought we should have just full body suit things that turn you into like the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man if you can fall. <laughs> um, yeah, and it just yeah. blows out all around you. Yeah, uh, these are. I mean, it's a great idea. I, I would sooner wear this than a helmet because I'm just. Uh, I don't really care for wearing a helmet when I ride. Uh, definitely not fashionable. I, I just checked out their shop and, and their ideas of making them look cool just make them look even worse. Um, but I'm into the idea. It's cool. I, th- I thought it looked good on the girls, not on the guys. Yeah, the girls well, here, no. looks like it could be a scarf or something. Exactly. I mean? Well, yeah. it, it looks good on girls with long coats in the winter. If you're wearing this with a bikini at the beach, you're going to look like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. They don't take that into account when they're making the hoodwing. The hoodwing. They, the hoodwing, you get hoodwink by the hoodwing. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, I, I, I'd, I'd love to see. I mean, I think a lot of this stuff is going to go more and more this way. You know, sensors are smaller and cheaper and easier to, to get into clothing and stuff like that. I, 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 as soon as they make it a bit smaller so it doesn't look like I'm basically wearing a neck brace, I, I'm into it. I would totally wear that when I go out and ride. Yeah, I would too, for sure. It's a little bit small. I mean, it took them seven years to get to this point, but I think at some point they'll get they'll, they'll bring it down. Yeah, I agree. So pretty cool. Um, my big find this this morning was uh, monkeys use minds to move two virtual arms. I think this is cool as hell. Um, study led by Duke researchers, monkeys have learned to control the movement of both arms on an avatar using just their brain activity. This is absolutely amazing stuff. I mean, I love this. Um, you know, it, it's totally... <laughs> I mean, it's going to get us to the point where we're just sitting in our couches controlling everything with our minds. But, you know, I was, I was, uh, when I was going to college, I was really into like neuroscience and was considering majoring in it. And, uh, you know, back then we had no idea what, what we did with anything with our minds. And, and they're starting to kind of figure it out. So it's pretty cool. I'm really into this stuff. And anytime anything pops up in this area, I'm intrigued. But this is really fantastic. I mean, they were able to basically train these monkeys to just sit and think about moving their arms and virtual arms would move. That, that, that's awesome. That is pretty awesome. That's good. In about 10 years, that's going to put the, the Xbox Connect to shame. You just put on, yeah, put on no your shame. cap <laughs> and your glasses and then you go off and play Call of Duty. You know, sit in your, yeah. sit in your vat of goo with your IVs and your bag <laughs> and welcome to the Matrix. Yeah, pretty much. Welcome to the Matrix. Uh, we're heading there real fast. But I, yeah, I mean, we're talking like, I mean, just the way to like, you know, future transport and, and, you know, jets and military applications and gaming and everything. I mean, when they figure this stuff out, I mean, a massive shift in the way the world is and the world works. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. Even even dictation. You know, think yeah, about something. Everything. All the kind of things that you could do. 
I'm in. Yep. Let's go faster. I'm in too. Go. Cool. Would you turn that damn thing off already? So I've been hanging out at Combustion Manor where we uh, did the episode with Mike Vinicor, who has all these pinball machines in his basement. Right. And uh, he got the new Tron Legacy pinball machine. And I'm just like a sick addict when it comes to this thing. I can't stop playing it. And <laughs> it's a pinball machine. You didn't think, you know, I'm not generally a pinball guy, but man, this thing is addictive. I'm going to put a link to in the show notes to um, the Stern pinball site so you can check out the video of it. And the video of the pinball machine that they're selling stock is nothing like the one that Mike has. <laughs> this is all tricked out. He's literally in a three-inch high game of Tron that plays the game in a tiny little LCD. It is the coolest thing ever. <laughs> um, but it's got the soundtrack. It's got you know the Daft Punk soundtrack. It's got all the the quotes from the new movie. It's tight. It's cohesive. And it's fun as can be. So if you're out and about and you see it, play it. Will do. Or find or find a buddy that has one. That's all I, <laughs> I might have to fly to Chicago for that. Yeah. Yeah. Come on down. <laughs> all right. Who's this asshole? One of the most disturbing stories I think I've read in a long time. It was about a guy who ran a stop sign. He, he, he didn't even run the stop sign. He failed to come to a complete stop at a stop sign. Gets right. picked up by the cop. They think he's carrying drugs. Take him back to the station. Give him rectal exams. Then take him to a hospital. And then where he's given forced enemas, uh, <laughs> like multiple forced enemas, where the, he has to basically poop in front of the, the, the officers and the doctors. And they go through his poop multiple times, more rectal exams. And they finally knock him out. And uh, give him a colonoscopy, I believe. This is, Forced colonoscopy. Yeah. Yeah. It's like... <laughs> wow. I mean, after, after the first three enemas, I can't find what you're looking for. Jesus. They really got up this guy's And ass. the x-ray... X-ray... Yeah. X-ray him multiple times. Yeah, this is what we call some hellish shit right there. Uh, it's it's disturbing. It was in New Mexico, so I think I'm going to have to go around New Mexico next time I'm traveling. Yeah. this is. I mean, that whole area. I mean, I remember there was that guy... A guy in Arizona, the police chief or whatever, that set up like those mobile jails. And what the hell's wrong with these people? Uh, this is insane. This is uh, going completely above and beyond uh, any kind of rights that that they have to do any of this. Oh, jeez, you read these stories like this, and you just want to burn everything down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This guy, this guy deserves all this guy, the money. Yes, he deserves. <laughs> he should get New he Mexico for this. New Mexico on a platter. Yeah, I agree. I hope he gets millions, millions of dollars. And I yeah, and when they when you look at like the warrant breaches that they did, so like uh, they cross jurisdictional boundaries. So I mean, this guy can own the hospital where the doctors were at because it was all illegal procedures that he, he gave no consent for. He, quite the opposite, <laughs> um, which I don't blame yeah. him. <laughs> you want to stick something up my? <laughs> you're not getting yeah, my consent. I, just for me, it's also. Uh, I mean, at this point, if they they must have just been fucking with him because, like, if you haven't found drugs through the kind of normal searches that you would do if you've gotten to the point where you're basically doing a colonoscopy that's the the, the, the tiny amount of drugs he must have up there <laughs> i mean come on people this is stupid yeah and multiple x-rays yeah. too they, they gave him and if you can't find it on an x-ray then it, it yeah. where where did they it's, think it was <laughs> you know so I've had quite the fun week over here in the UK. Um, I do want to give a big, massive shout-out to Cadbury's. Um, I'm a huge chocolate fan. Apparently, we're just not allowed to have nice chocolate in, in the USA. Uh, you know, your Reese's Pieces are fine, but uh, 
you can't beat a Cadbury. Um, the chocolate is just better. It tastes better. Um, it's made better. And uh, I was a big fan of the fruit and nut bar way back in the day that Cadbury made. Cadbury has just recently rolled out this entire new line of chocolate bars called Marvelous Creations. Um, we found out about them a little while ago. I had a friend send me one of the bars that was called a, uh, a Jelly poppy can Popping Candy Shells bar, which basically has pop rocks and jelly beans in it. And oh, my God. <laughs> it's, it, it's stunningly good. It's unbelievable. You take a bite in and you get the fizz in your mouth and everything. Um, so I was super excited about that. That's the only one that I knew existed. And I got over here and blah, 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 I found another one called Cookie Nut Crunch, which is even better. Um, it doesn't do any crazy fizzy stuff, but it tastes fantastic. I just ate one right before the show. And unbelievably good. And then I looked on the website because I wanted to put the links in our show notes for those two bars. And they have something called Cola Pretzel Honeycomb. <laughs> I need to go find this one. Um, you can't beat it. Cadbury chocolates are stupidly good. I wish we could. Uh, you can get them in the states, but you kind of have to specialty shops. I know in LA that the King's Head uh, Pub also has a, an associated shop with it, which has all kinds of English candies and food, so you can get there. Uh, well, sure, there are they, they also make they also make those uh, Cadbury Easter eggs with the goo inside. Yes, they do. Yes, yes I think that, that's sure. how I know them. But it, it, that's the only yeah, mass market really Cadbury stuff that you can get here, right? Yeah, that's really the only thing that they mass market and, and put throughout the U.S. And I wish they would uh, change that mind, but I, you know, I just think uh, you know they're more sophisticated with their chocolates over here. So a huge shout out to Cadbury's. You have uh, you've probably made me gain five pounds over here. Thank you. <laughs> uh, real quick, I saw that you posted a picture of the back of Prince William's head. <laughs> like he was. How did you? Well, run uh, randomly, I was actually I was on my way to uh, go buy a bunch of these chocolate bars because we want to bring them home to, and I'm going to pass them out to some people. Uh, so I woke up this morning and I was like, okay, I got my little shopping list. Uh, I hopped on the tube. I went over to Marks and Spencer because I wanted to pick up some of the uh, chocolate digestive biscuits that they have there. Uh, so I'm staying at the South Kensington, and I had to go over to High Street Kensington. I walked off the tube, and there was uh, about 40 cops. And about 300 people all just standing around with cell phones. And uh, I just kind of like muscled my way through like you do in London to get through a crowd. And next thing I know, uh, Prince William was about four feet away from me. <laughs> cool. I was like, oh, that's the prince. Hey, how's it going? I just wanted some chocolate. I uh, got to go. <laughs> so, yeah, it was just completely random. I, I just uh, walked right into him, basically. So It's funny. You know, yeah. <laughs> my first trip to Scotland, I was there for 20 minutes and almost got hit by the queen. <laughs> <laughs> it was very. It's yeah. weird how you run into royalty there, almost literally. Yeah, I almost quite literally did, and everybody's been very impressed. But for me, it was just kind of a pain in the ass. I was like, I, I want to go over there. There are too many people blocking me. I need to go over there. Who's the bald guy? That's yeah. That's what I was, my thing. I was going to Edinburgh Castle, and I'm walking up the High Street there, and like people start lining up and lining up. I'm like, what's going on? You know, and they. It's Scotland, so they don't speak English there, so I had a hard time communicating. Yeah. And yeah. I've discovered in Scotland, the drunker you get, the more it's like a universal translator. Oh, absolutely, here. yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but yeah. it's fun. Uh, so my uh, closing shout out is: finally, we are ready to uh, launch. Does it have legs? The new uh, podcast on the Grumpy Old Geeks, quote unquote, air quote network. Um, <laughs> this is the the fun awesome. movie show that we're doing to make a logo, which is the single worst part of doing a podcast. Forget all of the you know host wrangling, recording equipment, microphone setup, all this crap, editing. No, the hardest part of doing a podcast is getting the logo right. 
So <laughs> it can be so, a pain in the butt. Once the logo is polished, uh, when I get a, get time, it'll uh, hopefully come out next week. I'm thinking about doing this on a Wednesday launch schedule. Okay. Because we tend to record on Wednesdays, and we've got a couple in the can. We've got four of them in the can now, so that gives us some uh, buffer through the holiday season to try and get everybody together. Right. Uh, and you don't have to be quite as timely as we we try to be. So yeah, yeah. Uh, well, Felicia Michaels, who was a guest on our podcast in the early days, uh, gave us a tip about uh, if we're going to do a different type of show that's not news based, just to make it evergreen, so people can go back and, yes. and check out all the old episodes, and they're just as good as the current ones. So we did that, and uh, I'm hoping. I have high hopes. Hopefully, it doesn't suck. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> You never know. I'm looking forward to it. Can't wait to hear. And uh, I will be guesting on one at some point. Absolutely. Um, and, and so uh, I'll put, put a posting on the Grumpy Old Geeks Facebook page and website and Twitter when, when it's ready to uh, check out. So, there we go. So Excellent. safe travels, my brother. And uh, see you back at some point soon. Thank you, man. I will be back shortly. So uh, have, a good, uh, have a good rest of your week. And uh, we'll talk to you all next week, people. Keep up with the Grumpy Old Geeks on the web at GrumpyOldGeeks.com, on Facebook at Facebook.com slash GrumpyOldGeeks, or email them at podcast at GrumpyOldGeeks.com. Have a good week. Okay, last one to kill a bad guy buys the beer. We're driving to Florida.